Welcome to the Breathe Life Podcast. I'm Fahim Mujahid, a Miami-based integrative health and life coach, fitness and nutrition expert, personal trainer, and private yoga and meditation teacher. Each week, we'll explore meaningful content surrounding the importance and impact of living a life of mindfulness or inspiring interviews with the same intention. Together, we'll incorporate a variety of topics given with the same intention to educate, enrich, and inspire one's life. Welcome. So, rightfully so, I've been dealing a lot with, or I've been having a lot of conversations around the idea of the holiday season, right? The holiday season is among us. And here's the thing, regardless of whether or not your belief system aligns with um, all the many holidays that are going on, or whether or not your spiritual practice leaves room for it, the reality is, due to the fact that our entire consumer structure is based or predicated on the current holiday system, you can't help but get swept up, swept up in this seemingly chaotic um, atmosphere that it generates, right? We live in a consumer world. So, you know, between the Black Friday sales and the, and, and the, and the deals and, and discounts and the holiday shopping and the preparing for Thanksgiving meal, you know, it's easy to fall into the category or to the mindset of lack or scarcity, right? So I find that a lot of conversations that I'm having with clients, friends, family members, usually is predicated, at least this time of year, is about trying to find calm or stillness in the act of the holidays itself, right? Again, it's I'm not necessarily speaking to whether or not it relates to what your current belief system is about it, but it's about how to take this seemingly um, season of shopping and find stillness. You know, we're actually doing something really cool and creative uh, with, with Coach to kind of commemorate that same thought process a little later that I'll get into. But for the purposes of today's um, podcast journey, you know, I thought it was important to kind of speak to that, right? Not only has it been coming up, but it's also been on my mind lately when I think about the role of being a father and being a husband and, you know, and, and being a son and a brother and all that good stuff, an uncle. I often find that the holidays come and go, you know, you look up and everything's already happened and you just wonder, okay, well, not only where the time went, but did, but were you fully present in the exchange and the experience? You know, you have people, if you're blessed to have uh, family and friends that travel from near and far um, to come and spend time in the holiday season, uh, a lot of times it's human nature to take a lot of those connections for granted. You get into that moment regardless of how long it's been and before you realize it, you're you're saying your goodbyes. So I, I challenged myself, or I wanted to challenge myself this year in particular, with being able to squeeze more value or really just kind of bring as much value and, and, and meaning um, for this holiday season as I could. So then it naturally just made me think about, okay, if I were to create um, five principles um, that I think are really important that could go a long way with enriching the experience of the holidays. What would those principles be? What would they look like? Um, obviously, there's so many things that can go or fall into that category. And I'm sure anyone who's listening to this podcast, I'm sure you may have a variety of yours that you would also add into the mix. But this was kind of like, what are a few points that I think um, are often unnoticed? And what are a few things that you may not be thinking about that if you start thinking about, it could be a really creative way to start adding more volume to the experience. All right, so I'm going to go through five of them here with you, with my tribe today. So let me know your thoughts. So the first thing, you know, the first thing I acknowledge and want to leave room for is that change is is inevitable in life, right? Whether the structure of your family changes, whether the loss of a loved one comes and goes. But this first activity is something as specifically as it relates to the loss of a loved one. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be 
the loss, i.e. he's not he or she is no longer with us. It could be the loss or the removal of someone in your life that held um, a lot of meaning and a lot of significance. And maybe their relationship with you has changed and that part of the role that they played is something that you want to honor, right? It could it could be a, a variety of different ways to go about it. But the idea that stemmed this act originally came from the loss of my two sisters. And that is to on the days throughout the holidays, whether it be at Thanksgiving, whether it be in the in you know in the midst of the Black Friday sales and the Christmas holidays. Again, I'm not a big religious person, so I'm not speaking from a place of celebrating uh, any of the holidays. I'm just saying for the holiday, you know, if you want to call it holiday spirit, the environment of the holidays, this time of the season, a really good way to honor when all this is coming together, when everyone's coming together to to celebrate and to connect, to honor some of those you know, some of those people and spirits that have had a powerful impact on your life is with a candle, a visual aid like a candle. I love a candle for a few reasons. One is something that I like to light early at the beginning of the day. Uh, I like to start my meditation that way. Plus, it's something that can continue to burn and it can be a constant reminder throughout the day. Obviously, you can blow it out, you can exchange it, you can get one that has fragrance, one that don't. And usually, aesthetically, it plays really well with any kind of... Um, room or decor that you're setting up. So I find that candles are really good, um, a really good way to kind of honor the people that you want to recognize who may or may not be there. All right. So the second point is something that we all cover rather knowingly or unknowingly, and that's a special meal. Like to commemorate, whether it be the holiday that you're celebrating or whether it be just the fact that you're seeing people that you haven't seen for a long time. Uh, we come together as tribes over, over, over food, over our meals. And they become more of a, not only just a social experience, it almost becomes like a, uh, I wouldn't go as far as to say religious, but definitely a spiritual moment of connection, right? When you're, when you're feeding and fueling yourself amongst friends and family, that could be a very special opportunity. So using the special meal, not just as an opportunity, Thanksgiving, Christmas meal, whatever, not just as, as an opportunity to fill your face, as we all do, but use it instead as an opportunity to find meaning in the moment of itself, to come together with people that you love and value and to, and to, and to, and to converse, but more importantly, um, to, to have a meal, to share a meal. I think that goes into the very foundation of who we are as human beings, to share and nurture each other through, through food and, and through service. So um, I think that's a really good way um, to kind of regain that connection that sometimes seems lost. Uh, the third thing I would say is volunteer. You know, like I go back and forth with the word volunteer, especially for the holidays, because I think for me, one of the things that I wrestled with, and it showed up only when I used the word volunteer as opposed to using like terminology like giving back or trying to find ways to uh, give to someone less in need. Volunteer, I, oft, I often fell into the thought process of, okay, well, if I'm not volunteering in the food bank or if I'm not volunteering handing out meals at a nearby church or a fire station, that I can't volunteer. And it was almost kind of like an all or nothing kind of thing. And I know a lot of that was my own story with it. And you may or may not be wrestling with the same story, but I still feel the need. I think there leaves more room when you, when you use terms like giving back as opposed to volunteering, because giving back can look different in many ways. You know, one of the things that I want to do with my children or, you know, my family is that I wanted us after Thanksgiving or in between Thanksgiving and all the other holidays is to prepare little meals and drive around areas that we know homeless people congregate, right? We all have areas of our cities, towns, wherever that we travel. And we know that whether it be at a, 
uh, four-way stop, whether it be at a parking lot somewhere, where we know that, um, unfortunately, um, we know that people who are less than, who may be without means of a home, um, usually congregate. So my vision is to be able to prepare meals, set them aside, and be able to drive around and look for those individuals to, again, let them know that they're not alone. I think it was Mother Teresa that said our responsibility is to make sure that there's not one person among us that feels alone. So I think that's a really cool, uh, mindful way, at least for me, um, to be able to, may not necessarily be volunteering, but it's a really uh, beautiful way that I could connect and, and allow myself to start approaching or teaching the legacy or the uh, consciousness of giving back for my children and for my family. And, and it's something that we can all do wherever we are. We can all find a way to give back, you know, whether it's a friendly smile, whether it's holding the door for someone, whether it's getting, the, getting that thing from the top, top shelf if you're in a grocery store and you're finding that someone's having a hard time, whether it's, you know, pulling an additional cart for yourself and for the person trolling behind you. We can all give back in creative ways. So let's get creative and think about that a bit. Um, the fourth thing I would say, um, which, so, so the fourth thing is meaningful conversations. And I mean like collectively. You know, I think it's easy. One of the things that I do, you know, when I travel home and I'm around my family, there are certain people within my family I just naturally end up slouching on the couch and being lazy with, right? My favorite cousin, Mahogany, my uncle, Naeem, uh, my cousin, Roland, my sisters. And what, what begins to happen is it's not that you don't necessarily value your time equally with everyone in attendance, but naturally you have your routine, right? Whether it be, hey, I sit in front of the football game, so chances are you're going to be sitting next to people who want to watch the football game. So you may miss out on key opportunities to be able to connect with that aunt that traveled all the way from Ohio that spends more time in the kitchen or that niece and nephew that's outside riding a bike um, because he or she um, has a similar bike back wherever they're traveling from. So what I mean by when I'm saying having a meaningful um, conversation, I mean collectively. Like I think it's a really cool opportunity. One of the things that I think um, my family and I began to do unconsciously, at least for me it was, is that we started to have moments where we came together and we shared and communed together as a family throughout the Thanksgiving break. You know, because for a while there, there was kind of like, we come together, we share, and then there was a lot of people that would come and go, and you didn't necessarily get an, uh, get an opportunity to feel as if you really connected with them. So when I think about like a meaningful conversation, I'm saying, have a conversation that leaves room for everyone to be a part of. Like, obviously, keep it somewhat PG because you want the little ones to also contribute because they're the future of our families, right? So being able to leave room for them to give feedback. So making sure that the conversation that you're talking about has uh, different points of entry where someone who's highly, you know, um, highly, um, highly, highly traveled and, 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 um, and um, has a lot of experiences and uh, reads a lot or, or travels a lot or debates a lot or whether it comes from a huge political background or government job or, you know, to everyone from all the way to the person that's, you know, a freshman in high school or a seventh grader who's learning to play baseball for the first time. You know, make sure your conversations, um, hopefully, I, I, I have a rule, uh, a thumb, don't have conversations around religion, um, political, and I think the other thing at least during Thanksgiving is nutrition, right? Obviously I'm extremely passionate about plant-based nutrition, so I can kind of get on my own little routine, especially if I get baited into one of those conversations and 
and then you just leave everyone else feeling like you're judging what they eat. So I, those are my three: religion, politics, and nutrition. Um, I'm sure you may have your two or three at home, but the idea again, going back to the point, the idea is to create a conversation that has a variety of different connecting points, so that you leave room for everybody to be able to come and share. I think that's hugely important. I've seen a lot of return and investment with doing that. You know, you find that, again, there's always going to be people that you don't get a chance to spend as much time with. And by having that opportunity, you get a chance to see aspects of their personality that you may not have even known existed in the first place. All right? So the fifth thing I would say is actually more creative and it takes a bit more time. So this one is kind of like an added on. For those of you who want to or know that you're going to be in a be in a space where you're going to have a lot of friends and family over, you know, the holiday kind of brings the the year to, the, to, to an end, right? It's kind of like November, December, and then you're kind of going into New Year's. So I'm a big visual person. Like, I use visual aids all the time. Like I said, I carry my anchor wherever I go. If you watch this podcast or if you watch anything that I do, you usually see me put my white lacrosse ball um, all over the place. So visual aids is one of my action cues, right? So being able to have something that inspires me or connects with me visually is something that's very powerful. So we've all heard um, to some extent or have had experience with creating vision boards. And I think vision boards are really cool, but one of the things I was thinking about doing uh, is something I did many, many, many years ago and actually turned out to be a really huge hit where I had the families come together collectively and we put like uh, put calls out to everyone and, and we let everyone know that we're going to do a collective family vision board. So everyone had to bring five pieces of the vision that they wanted to welcome into the new year. And you end up creating or whoever was homing or whoever was the, whoever was hosting everyone would go out and create or purchase this huge um, poster board. Now, again, the size can vary depending on how many people you think are going to attend. But everyone's call to action is make sure that they have five things to contribute. And then you break those five things down into how you how you enroll it during experience. So it could be a place you want to go, what you want to what you want to accomplish, what you want to welcome or breathe more life into your into your life. Um, it could be career wise, it could be school wise. So it doesn't. So you can kind of define what those five things are. It could be ten, it could be twenty. Um, for me, I felt that five was a good number because again, everyone could participate from eight years old all the way up to eighty-eight years old. Um, so it was a collective vision board, a collective vision board. Now, again, I know I'm well aware it may seem super cheesy. I don't have time to sit here and and pack all the kids up and then worry about each one of them having five things, which, again, I I can completely get, which is why it's a bonus. This is an opportunity. If you said, hey, Bob, how can I be extremely creative to add more value to these moments because these moments are flashing by? How can I create moments where I can look back on kind of smile when I think about that experience, I guarantee you this family collective vision board is a powerful one. And I'll tell you a few reasons why. The first thing, a lot of things you'll be surprised to know that you share similarities within um, distant relatives and relatives, or similarities that you may share with a relative that only lives down the street or a friend with whom you invited. You never know. The second thing, is that it gives you an opportunity to see how aligned you are with the vision of your family and proximity to everyone else in your family. Are you guys working towards the same objective? Do you guys have some of the same um, goals in mind? And again, that's not a good or a bad thing, but you can find solidarity in those similarities, right? And as you're both 
families could be miles and millions of miles away, but if you know that we're all um, in, in, in different variations uh, acquiring or desiring to accomplish and to check the same boxes, we can help inspire and encourage each other when those moments of, of, of unease comes up, right? The third thing is that it's very playful. It's very playful. Everyone gets excited because everyone gets an opportunity to be called up and put their item on the poster board. You know, I've, I've had it done where a client of mine applied it and they just left the board in the living room and then throughout the, the day of Thanksgiving or Christmas that people would put theirs up there and then they kind of drew everyone together and said, okay, who put this one up and who put that one up? I did it differently. We kind of had it an empty poster board and then we went through each subject and we let everyone go up individually. So again, it takes a little bit of time, a little bit of effort, but I guarantee you it's worth it. Um, so listen, Tribe, so those are my five. Uh, again, feel free to message me, email me, let me know what are some of the key ways that you kind of really try to stretch out the meaning of the holidays and how do you try to maximize every one of those golden opportunities you have to connect and pull more enrichment from the experience. Um, all your feedback is welcomed. Again, those are just my top five. I have a couple others um, that I would that I consider to be powerful go-tos that also um, require a little bit more creativity and I'm going to be posting those things online so you'll see it. Um, but that's it. That's what I got. All right, guys. Breathe Life. Hey, Tribe. So if you're excited about the Breathe Life content and you want to find other ways to stay connected, the next time you're on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, be sure to type in Fahim Mujahid or Breathe Life into the search bar and check out all the mindful things we have going on on your favorite platform.